You're listening to episode 37 of the Becoming Aligned podcast. Welcome to Becoming Aligned, where we'll step away from the busyness of our days to explore what it looks and feels like to create meaningful lives that align with our personal values. My guests have found their own unique way to navigate through the distractions, the pressures, and the expectations of everyday life. And in the process, they have discovered the freedom to be truly themselves, to tune into their own heart, and to honor their own unique voice. I'll explore what motivates them, what challenges them, and what strategies help them work towards their goal in a way that nourishes their mind and body. I believe everyone has a story to share, and that we become a stronger community when we're able to listen and learn from those around us. I'm your host, Maureen Ryan, the founder of Ryan Wellness. I'm a Chicago-based self-discovery mentor and Pilates instructor. I hope these conversations will serve as inspiration and as a reminder that it's not about perfection, but the process of becoming aligned. This episode, I talked to Taylor Elise Morrison. She's the founder of a self-care company called Inner Workout, which exists to help people build the skill of self-care. I love how she defines self-care. I think it's a really beautiful way to approach the practice of self-care and apply it into our own lives. During the course of our conversation, she shares her journey to creating her business. We get to see how her sense of curiosity and integrity really shaped her journey and how it continues to do so. I really enjoyed learning more about Taylor and Inner Workout's approach to self-care, and I think that is something that can be very helpful to all of us. I'm so excited to share this episode. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me on the Becoming Line podcast. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today, and I'm just grateful that you took the time uh, out of your day to be here with me. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And I know you are someone who is very intentional and working towards making decisions that are aligned to your values within your life and within your business. And I, I'm just really looking forward to kind of getting underneath that and understanding, you know, your motivation behind it. And just, it's really, when you go, when you follow you on social media, and you came to my attention from a past guest on the podcast, uh, Dr. Amelia Ruby. And she mentioned your name during the course of our conversation when we were talking about how, you know, we take care of ourselves. And she brought you up in terms and, you know, reflected on the things that she's learned from you in terms of self-care. And, you know, right after she mentioned you, I'm like, I've got to follow this woman on, on social media and see what she's all about. And it's been really, you know, it's been really fun following you because you just come across as so authentic and so, you know, true you know it's just something that really shines through when you when you watch you taylor and um it seems like that's something you're really trying to infuse into your business as well and i know that's not always easy to kind of show up in those ways so i just love to kind of dive into that a little bit and get to know a little bit more about your motivation for for yourself and for your business um on why that's so important so hopefully you don't mind talking about those types of things today no this is what i've been looking forward to (laughs) Wonderful. Well, before we dive into all of that, Taylor, would you mind just telling everyone a little bit about yourself? And I know that's a big question, but just if you wouldn't mind sharing the things that come to mind that, you know, make you who you are. Yeah. So my name's Taylor. 
Um, but you'll see me all over the internet as Taylor Elise Morrison because there's a big like home manufacturer called Taylor Morrison. <sighs> um, and when I changed my last name, when I got married, I realized, oh, shoot, I'm never going to show up in search results. <laughs> so you can always call me Taylor. But um, Taylor Elise Morrison is what's on the internet. And what else about me? So I own a self-care company called Inner Workout that really we exist to help people build the skill of self-care. And when we talk about self-care, we mean listening within and responding in the most loving way possible. Mm. And then I also host a personal development podcast called B-School. And it's all about personal development for collective change, not just developing ourselves um, so that we can get better for our own selfish gain, but looking at how we can help make the world a better place, as cliche as that sounds, Mm -hmm. as we start to do ourselves. Um, And then, yeah, outside of those two things, I do some facilitation and consulting, and that's mostly how I spend my days. And I know that was mostly like where I'm at right now. So happy to do the rewind to how I got to where I am, but that's me currently. Yeah. I would, I would love to hear that, but I'd even maybe take it back like a little further. Just, you know, what were things for you when you were growing up? What were things that you would get lost and absorbed in? Because um, I, I do want to go onto the business path in a minute, but I'm just curious, you know, like what you were like as a little kid, because it's pretty impressive to to hear you tell us what you're, what you're doing right now, what you're creating for your business. But I, I'm curious too what you were like as a as a young person in terms of maybe what might have shaped you in, in that respect. Me as a little kid, I've always been really curious. I always mm. have asked a lot of questions. I've always been pretty entrepreneurial. Um, my mom's favorite story is as a kid, my friend and I decided to put on some like roller skating show and we made it into like a real show and we made tickets and we charged admission <laughs> to our parents when it was like on our front porch so if anything we should have been paying them for venue space um but yeah and i the things i would get lost in is reading i Mm. loved to read as a kid and it's something i still enjoy but have had to be much more intentional about making space and time for reading in my life and reading outside of what you do you know just for work or personal development, but making sure I'm reading for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to love to go to the library and just like, I get interested in a topic for a while. It was Queen Elizabeth. I would huh. like read every book on Queen Elizabeth. Um, I remember getting super into entrepreneurship and literally being in the kids section of the library. And I would just like take half of a shelf of books, stuff them into my book bag Um and read up on them so I was just like an avid avid reader I love that image of you (laughs) putting all those books in your book bag and this I the roller skating party or event that is amazing like it sounds like your parents or your mom really fostered that you know entrepreneurial spirit within you too yeah both of my parents are really good I think from my dad I learned a lot of like being okay with asking questions and being a really astute observer. My dad is like the most observant person that I know. Mm -hmm. And from my mom, I learned a lot about like speaking up for myself and also um, 
like the organization that it takes to Mm. put on events or even run a business. Even though my mom's never run her own business, she's done a lot of operational work. And so the way that I structure things, I, I get that from her. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah. So how do you, like, so you, you took, you had those entrepreneurial moments, you were a reader, you were curious. And then, you know, what, what was your path and your journey to creating your business? Like, what were the steps before that? Yeah, so it was kind of a winding road. Mm. Um, I kind of tried different things. I was like a blogger mm. with big air quotes um, <laughs> around that in college. And I would test different things out. I, I always knew that entrepreneurship was the path that I wanted to go on. Huh. Um, I did some freelancing throughout college. And then my senior year of college, I started Jubilant, which is my brand strategy company. And I really realized this pattern of like, I would constantly have an idea like, oh, what if I started a tea company? Or what if I started Hmm. this type of company and get really obsessed? Um, Sometimes for just a day, sometimes for several weeks of I would just have to understand, okay, how would I market it? What would I call it? What would the, like, the back-end systems look like? How would I merchandise it? And then I realized, oh, maybe my passion isn't starting this tea company or whatever flavor of the, the week or month company it is. Maybe my passion is really around building brands. Mm. And so when I realized that I could do that for other people instead of just having to constantly start businesses, Um, that's when I started Jubilant and that was really my first real foray into entrepreneurship. And so I carried that on the side throughout all of my full-time roles Oh, and then eventually ended up quitting my full-time job to transition into a part-time job. And I thought at the time that I was really going to be scaling, um, Jubilant. And Ah. once I had a little bit of that taste of entrepreneurship, it was like, oh, actually this model and this business isn't the thing that I want to take full time, but it, it got me part of the way there. Got it. Oh, that's really interesting. So you just, it sounds like that you just really loved creating things too. Like you had that, you had that creativity and learning about things and bringing it, you know, to life, but then yeah, I I didn't realize the business jubilant was that's like the kind of the foundation for you in a sense. And the, but then how did you make the transition to actually creating inner workout? Yeah, so I when I quit my full-time job, I transitioned into a part-time job where I was kind of wearing a lot of hats for this um engineering adjacent services firm. And I was helping with business development and operations and marketing. And what the plan was to scale Jubilant. I also had tested out another self-care company that was just like an online self-care shop. Um, And so when I first left, I thought like, I'm gonna do these two things. That's what's going to take me full time. And then what I realized was that the agency model of kind of getting myself to full or really above full capacity um, and then hiring people just wasn't what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I um, I remember one time 
getting pretty sick and having a speaking engagement that day. Mm. And so I was like, okay, I just have to power through mm-hmm. and do the speaking engagement. Then I would rest. And then I realized, oh, wait, I can't rest because I was depending on having this many billable hours this week. Mm. And so I can maybe nap for three hours, mm. but I have to then put in some hours later And then I looked at it kind of at scale and part of it, again, being at this engineering services firm, even though they weren't doing marketing, the way that they make their money is through their consultants billing hours. And then my husband at the time was working at an ad agency and the way they made their money was billing hours. And I was like, okay, even if I get to the point where it's not just me, I'm going to have to constantly balance. So I I realized that even if it did get to a place that was beyond me, I would still have to be constantly balancing, Mm. okay, when is it time to hire another employee and do we have enough hours for them and what is our margin and all of these things and it just wasn't what I wanted. Yeah. Um, And it didn't seem like a way for me to personally live out self-care. And so I started realizing that there needed to be a different model. And then I briefly mentioned starting a different self-care company. It was just, I I started getting interested in self-care because I burned myself out a lot and I started talking about it more and I felt like, okay, why don't I have an online self-care shop and Mm -hmm. I can sell like bath salts and journals and things that can help people practice self-care. And I use all of those things. There's nothing wrong with them, but I realized that I wanted to engage in the self-care conversation at a different level. And so I paused on that, was focusing on Jubilant. Um, And then when I had that whole getting sick moment, I was like, oh, no, this isn't it. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of was just working my part-time job, still doing clients for Jubilant. And then eventually the idea for inner workout hit me actually when I was on a yoga mat. And the thought was just, okay, why isn't there a class that helps you build the skill of self-care? And for me and for inner workout, self-care is listening within and responding in the most loving way possible. And so I looked around and I didn't see a practice that was explicitly focused on building that skill within yourself and practicing listening to your inner voice and Mm. practicing the response. And so, like I said, it's a winding road. but That's how inner workout came to be. Oh, I love this. Okay, because I was listening to you talk earlier. I'm like, wow, she's just got the strategies. Like, I could, I could see the, you know, the strategy in your brain, like working. And like, it's so, it's so interesting because for me, it's interesting listening to you because then your business is self care too, right? So it's like the two of these things kind of combining. And it was interesting for me to hear your story in terms of why self care became. Um, something that, you know, you wanted to start teaching and how you came to that point. Um, Because I think so many people do experience that, right? We're like just working, 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 and then we have this moment and we, there's an opportunity there, right? To like awaken and be like, okay, what am I going to do with this moment right now? It's teaching me something. I burnt out or I got sick and it's like, where do I take this? And I, I love that you kind of explored that and, you know... So for self-care is something we hear so much about right now, I think. And I love the way you define that. It's really interesting. And can you tell us more about like how you structure your classes so people can get a sense of what inner workout, you know, looks like? Yeah. So 
there's different parts of inner workout. There's like the namesake practice, and I'll start with that. Mm. Actually, before that, so inner workout is rooted in yogic philosophy. It's rooted in this concept of the koshas or the layers of being. We talk about them as the five dimensions of well-being. And so if you step into an inner workout class, it blends movement, which is, it's got some things that you might do in a yoga class, some things that you would associate more with like dance, some just good old kinesthetics and stretching. Then from there, you go into breath work, then journaling, and then meditation. And then the last few minutes are flow, which are just Mm. a chance for you to incorporate anything that would round out your practice. So that's the inner workout um, class, which is generally between 30 to 60 minutes. And then we also have the take care assessment, which Mm. measures your well-being across the five dimensions and then offers up a few self-care practice recommendations based on your results. And then we've also just got like workbooks and workshops to help you, again, like skill build around self-care. So those are the different, I guess, support systems that we offer related to people's self-care. Yeah, I love so much about this because it's just kind of taking this holistic approach to to self-care. And this, this, this take care assessment that you were mentioning how did you decide to create that? What was the inspiration to, to, to create that, that assessment? Yeah, so there's a bunch of, there's like the practical and then mm. I'll just tell you all of it. <laughs> Having an assessment was like something that I've always thought of. Um, when I worked in corporate, I was familiar with, I actually got certified in insights, which is mm. kind of rooted in um why am I not thinking of the name Myers-Briggs, oh, which is yep. Jungian. That's what I'm thinking mm-hmm. of. So it's, it's got roots like Jungian philosophy. Um, and so I was certified in that, and I found that to be a helpful language. And yep. just different assessments that I've taken, I never see them as like, this is the end-all and be-all of who I am. But mm-hmm. I think it gives you language to be able to talk about yourself and to talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so... It was always something that was kind of on my radar, but I thought it would be years down the road. And then COVID hit, mm. and mm-hmm. I knew I couldn't do in-person classes or events, and I didn't necessarily want to go straight into doing like just a virtual class schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something that I had considered, and I think I even threw something up. But mm. then when I sat with it, I was just like, I don't want to have to block off every Thursday night or every mm-hmm. whatever yeah. to do an air workout class, especially when I want it to be like a high quality video and then you've got to get lighting and it's all of these things to think about. Yeah. And as, as Maureen has been so patient with me in this interview <laughs> because I'm also living with my in-laws and so I have to balance the space with a bunch of other people. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it seemed like, okay, maybe this is an opportunity to introduce an assessment and to work on it um, as a way where people can engage with their self-care, but it doesn't have to necessarily be taking a class in real time. There's other inner work that can be done. Yeah. No, and like how timely too for people, honestly, because I think that's something, you know, 
that I think a lot of people are struggling with right now is to find ways to care for themselves um, during everything that's going on. And I think, you know, you either have people who are essential workers and it's hard to find time for that. Um, and you're, but then you also have people who are working from home and I think things can start to just blend together. And so I think it's just, it's a really timely time for something like that to, to be out there in the world. Um, yeah, I, I think that sounds really, really interesting. And it, it makes me wonder too, because I think sometimes, I know for myself personally, I find that I often teach the things that I <laughs> need to be reminded of. Um, and like for you, is that, is that like resonate for you is like teaching self-care and making time for it as part of your business? Is that some, is that because you also need reminders of that? Or is that something that comes more naturally to you? It's 100% because it's something that I need to be cultivating in my own life. Yeah. And I try to always be so upfront and tell people like, I'm not meditating for an hour a day. Mm -hmm. I'm not someone who's naturally like, oh, yeah, it's so easy for me to just turn off my laptop and unplug. This is stuff that I'm working at and I'm trying and failing on a daily basis. And I think that's why I'm so fired up about it because mm. when I am able to integrate self-care, I feel such a difference. Um, and I really, at a deep level, understand what it feels like to be burned out, what it feels like to be super anxious and stressed. And so this is kind of a way that I can hold myself accountable, but also mm -hmm. be in service to myself and other people. Yeah. No, I love that too. Because I honestly, I think I am drawn to people who I know are, you know, it's like they don't have it all figured out and they're not like even putting on those airs. It's like I'm working right alongside you just to to take care of myself. And I, I love that, that you're open and honest about that. Um, yeah. Can, yeah. Let me dive into that for a minute. Like what are, what do you find the most challenging? And like, what are the things that you find your clients have the most challenge in terms of incorporating self-care into their, into their life? And what do you think comes up the most? Yeah. So for me, I think it's really having that pause mm. um it's fairly easy for me to incorporate like little things throughout my day and I know what works for me it's pretty difficult for me to say like I am going to not work mm -hmm. for this amount of time I'm not gonna look at my phone or my laptop those longer periods of disengagement mm -hmm. um that's what's difficult for me because I I always feel like there's something else that I can be doing and to some extent that is true like I'm growing a business, yeah. so there is always something that I'm doing. Totally. Um, but realizing that things can wait is probably my biggest struggle. And then for other people, it's really across the board. So the five dimensions of well-being are your physical well-being, energetic well-being, mental and emotional, wisdom, and bliss. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that kind of on the whole, in the midst of COVID, I see a trend of people struggling, um, especially in the physical area, mm. just because pe people's general ways of mo moving and being and relating to themselves are, are different, and they may have to sit with themselves in a way that they're not used to. Um, but overall, it's it's different for yeah. people and the comments that's what's been so interesting about the take care assessment is to see 
how we can be living through the same experience, but because we have different lived experiences and we're in different parts of the country and we have different responsibilities, our relationship to self-care is still really distinct. Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting. And so like someone who did, who would take the, the take care assessment, like would they be able to go just online and take the assessment and then they'd get um, some, like you know, they'd get some information back and on ways they could take care of themselves. Is that how that works? I'm sure you can <laughs> fill in all the details for me, but could you tell me a little bit more about how that works? The way that the take care assessment works is you go online, you take a 75 question assessment. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it says within one business day, it's normally within an hour, if not a couple of hours, you get an email with your results. The profile has kind of your percentage breakdown. And I always like to put an asterisk there that it's not a score on a test. If you have a low score, it doesn't mean you're failing. It's just a little bit of a snapshot and percentages are the best way right now for us to show. There's also a visual representation where you see circles and different sizes in proportion to each other, but the percentages kind of show, okay, the dimensions and then the sub dimensions. I can see where I'm at. I can see what piece of if I'm struggling in the physical area and I actually feel really embodied and really aware of my body, but I'm struggling with body acceptance. Mm. I can know that I need to zero in on that area right now. Um, And inner inner workout and I both um, think that self-care is so dynamic. And so this is a snapshot. It's a point in time. And it's also a self-assessment. So it's a mirror. It's reflecting Mm. how you're feeling about things in the moment. So you will see that, um, you'll see the percentages, you'll see kind of the bubbles showing you where the dimensions relate to each other. And then you get three practices. Mm. One of the practices is in the area where you're already pretty strong at, but maybe just something for you to try so that you can engage with that dimension in a different way. And then you get two practices for the dimension where you scored the lowest. And again, they're starting points where you're like, okay, you know what, yep, that energetic dimension is not doing so hot right now. I don't know what to do about it. Oh wait, here are two things that I can try. And then the hope is that from there, even if you find, you try it out and it doesn't serve you, it's not exactly what you need, maybe it leads you a little bit closer to something that would serve you. So it's a starting point. And yeah. We say that all the time in facilitator training and when we're explaining inner workout products, everything is a, a starting point because ultimately you're the expert on what you need. Yes. Oh, I love that. And yeah, that sounds really, really interesting. I, yeah, I'm going to have to check that out for myself because it sounds like everyone sometimes just needs that starting point and kind of that pointing them in the right direction. So that's that's a really cool product that you created. And I was listening to you talk about it and... Um, something that kind of caught my ear was, you know, just helping people reflect. And that seems to be something that you do very well for yourself. And maybe I'm just putting that on you. You can kind of fill me in if that's true or not. But it seems like, you know, and you did mention you're very curious, but it seems like you are kind of curious and exploring and reflective of your own life. And when I listen to your your podcast, um, I've really enjoyed listening to, I listened to the, the past few episodes and I've really been enjoying it. And I also kind of, I'm asking two questions here at once because I also noticed that you've made some changes within your podcast. And I would love for you 
to tell me a little bit about that and tell everyone a little bit about what prompted those changes and in your podcast. Yeah, and I think actually both of those questions do tie into each other. So I'll try and answer in a way that meshes them both together. Mm. So yes, I am generally a pretty reflective person. Um, I try to be pretty self-aware. Sometimes that gets to being pretty self-critical, which mm-hmm. I have to work on. But I, I know like what I'm good at. I know what I'm bad at, what I need to work on at any given time. And I also try and have people in my life who can fill in the blind spots because no one is 100% self-aware. And there's always going to be a place where, well, it could be on the positive side. There could be something I'm great at that I don't see. But there also could be some place where I'm not showing up the best that someone can lovingly call me in on. Mm. So um, what I noticed is in doing the podcast, it just, it wasn't feeling the same for me. So I started it in 2019 as an experiment and I did five episodes a week. So one every weekday and they were really short. They were like five minutes long. And the goal was to build up my ability to be consistent to build up my confidence mm-hmm. and to provide opportunities for me to collaborate, um, namely through interviews. And so I did that all 2019. Still to this day, do not know how I did that Ooh. without ever missing an episode. That's amazing. Um, and then 2020, I was like, okay, I, I actually do like doing this, but I don't think I want to do it every weekday. And so I moved it into Monday and Friday. And then around the time when COVID hit, I was still doing it and at first it felt really grounding honestly to have Mm -hmm. this thing that could stay the same more or less even like before and after COVID the process of creating a podcast doesn't change all that much just where I was recording changed Um, and then a couple months in I just wasn't feeling the same I wasn't feeling motivated I wasn't feeling inspired and I couldn't really tell people like what was Mm b-school and so um after all of the uprisings happened, the mm-hmm. conversations around Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. um, I just stopped recording interviews. I used to record like about two months out. Um, and I just kind of decided to run through my backlog and to see what I wanted to happen. And actually, your past guest and our mm-hmm. mutual friend, Dr. Amelia Ruby, PhD, I love saying that. Yes. Um, she does a lot of work with podcasts and she was willing to sit down with me and just help me vision what B-School could look like and what I wanted it to be and something that would get me energized to record it um, on a weekly basis. And so I realized that like, I felt like I had to do interviews and had to interview people, mm-hmm. um, but that wasn't what was energizing me. And so we decided to cut that out. And if it does like become aligned to do an interview, then yeah, I'll do it. But it doesn't have to be every single Friday because you know, that's like the part of the podcast that is the most, you have to get the logistics and actually Mm -hmm. just shout out to Marie because her, your whole process and automation for your podcast is flawless. And as someone who's being interviewed, this makes it so easy for me, but it's great. It is more logistics sitting in front of a mic and Mm -hmm. I realized oh I don't necessarily want to deal with all of those and I also wanted more clarity on what I was talking about Mm. um and so 
the idea or the new tagline just became like personal development for collective change. Um, And then the way the podcast is positioned is as a living case study. And so if you have been to B school, business school, or, you know, people have been to business school, they do a lot of case studies. Um, They're looking at how companies have worked before and what worked and what didn't. And I kind of wanted to do the same thing um, for living in an aligned way. Mm. Um, But I didn't necessarily want to be in the seat of the expert. I wanted it to be very much, I'm learning alongside you. Um, And making those little tweaks and like not doing the interviews and changing the language and getting really clear on the purpose just Mm. helped me breathe new life into this medium that I love so much. So, man, that was a long answer to the question. Um, I didn't realize I had so many feelings about it, but I guess I do. (laughs) I loved all of that because, yeah, I feel like it just, I feel very aligned to all of that personally. Like, you know, um, that's something that I know I'm personally working towards. And I, in terms of, because it is a process, right? And I mean, honestly, even the name of my podcast, Becoming Aligned, it's, I feel like it's it's always a process. We're always trying to make choices and do things and, and learning um, and hopefully being curious um, yeah. to align our, you know, to align our choices, to our values. And I love your tagline, um, personal development for collective change. I hope I got that right. Because I do think there can be kind of this idea of just like personal development. I'm just taking care of me. And it's like, of course, there's, we have to take care of ourselves. But I just love that that's kind of the starting point, like almost like a springboard, if you will. You know, what have you been discovering for yourself as you've been putting these businesses out there and creating these products, I should say, that like what your values really are and what really kind of lights you up? Because it's not easy to be, um, you know, an entrepreneur, a small business owner. And I I know 2020 has really, you know, challenged everyone in different ways, Um, but I feel like in many ways for me personally, it has even motivated me even more to be like, okay, Maureen, get clear on what it is that you want to put out there Um, because it just feels everything has like a little bit more weight, not in a bad way. It just feels like it's important to to know what you're all about so you can put that out in the world and try to make it a better place. I don't know if that made sense, but um, did you find that for yourself? And, you know, what are the things that you are really trying to, the values that you're trying to align your business to? So I feel um, in terms of like what B-School will be, yeah, I I in general want to try and root it in personal development. And sometimes that is talking about building the business. But I always, even if I spend an episode where I'm mostly talking about things that have come up for me as I'm building a business, I still want you to listen in and if you, your goal is to like have a really aligned career in corporate, that you can still listen and get something out of it. Um, and then in terms of like what values have come up for me, um, I really love inner workouts values, but I have also gotten clear on what are values just for me. And I know somewhere I have a document of like my stated personal values and I probably have to revisit them. Um, integrity is something that's really big for me and being able to be like the same person behind the scenes as Mm -hmm. in front of the scenes. I don't know if that's (laughs) the opposite of behind the scenes, but being the same person, um, I really value autonomy Mm. and 
I think that's part of what was so hard for me about having a corporate career um, is that I didn't feel like I could always have that autonomy because I was answering to people outside of myself. And you never really get away with that or get away from that, even as an entrepreneur, like I answer to my customers and as a partner, I'm answering to my partner. Um, So there's always some level of accountability there, but I like having autonomy and to be able to choose how I spend my days and Mm. spend my weeks. Just in terms of, yeah, in terms of putting yourself out there and showing up, you know, with integrity and showing up just as you are, um, has that been something that's been challenging to you when you get, you know, having to do that on social media or is that something that's come naturally to you? Because um, maybe it's just because I'm not much of a social media person and it's like always so awkward to me navigating that space. But I admire, I love when I see people who are just kind of real on the platform and um, I think it really resonates. So I think you do, a, you, I think you do a really good job of that. And is that something that you, that takes energy or is that something that comes naturally to you? I think it's both, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have. I I think it would take, first of all, more energy to like try and be something other than I am. Totally. I think I what I've struggled with is trying to figure out how I navigate that in terms of like what actually goes on social media. Mm. Um, and I honestly think that because I care so much about like providing value to people Mm. um and not just wanting to be fluffy all the time Mm -hmm. that I can get super in my head about posting stuff and like is this valuable or even think like this has to be something that's completely new Mm -hmm. in order to work um which is not true and so what I found really over the past hmm, I don't know like this started before COVID, but then it really has ramped up in the past several months is like, I'm just not interested in being anything other than me. And when I show up as myself, and like today, I think I did a story and I was like, and I got cream cheese all over my shirt (laughs) from breakfast this morning. And I'm just going to show that or last night I did a story that was me practicing this dance, which I grew up dancing. um, And I'm practicing like the hardest dance I have in a while. I started kind of doing YouTube choreography, but they were pretty easy. And this is something that's like, I'm really having to go out and practice. And I posted this like clip of me kicking the table as I was practicing. (laughs) It's just like, it's, I'm learning to laugh at myself, which I think is important, but I also like, I wanted to be able to be me and not have to be, oh, I have everything figured out. Like that's why Mm -hmm. I changed the messages too. So I think sometimes it can it can be hard, but it's often hard because I'm making it more difficult than it needs to because I'm putting all of this pressure on myself to like spark change in someone yeah. when really just showing up as myself can be enough. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love I love how you said that and it's so true about like showing up as not true to yourself, how that's more exhausting than it is to be like just true and who you are. I totally agree with that. Um, I'm wondering, Taylor, what you are learning and discovering for yourself 
right now in life? You know, you're someone who obviously is very curious and is always kind of listening and tuning in. And is there something right now in your life that you are learning and discovering for yourself? So many things. Um, (laughs) I guess I'll use the dance example. One thing that I'm learning is that I really have to do things that are fun and also aren't tied to how I earn a living. Um, And so I'm even being protective now of like how much I share me learning a routine on social media because I don't want the point to be that it's then content for social media. I just Uh. want it to be a fun thing and a challenging thing that I do for me. So that's one layer of it is what, like, what are the things that are just for me and just for the people in my own life Mm -hmm. that I like sit down with? And I mean, I was going to say break bread with, but I don't really break bread with people (laughs) besides my family right now. Um, And then the, the other piece with the dance too, is that I'm really trying to find what my own style is. I grew up doing ballet and there's some stylistic choices that you can make, but it's much more rigid of like what a good flatte looks like and what the proper technical way to do this. And now different, this is getting really technical, but like different ballet schools have yeah, different ideas yeah. of where your arm should be in certain movements, but there's still a right way. It's just if you agree with this master teacher or this master teacher. Um, now I'm doing like more hip hop and stuff. And the guy's doing the, like, marking and teaching the choreography. And he's like, notice I'm not really doing the arms. Like, you can just kind of make that up. And I realized (laughs) I was struggling because I wanted to know exactly how to do the arms. I also did dance team in high school. So it's a very, like, you hit your arms hard. You're hitting everything. Like, your arms are so stiff. Mm. Um, And so now I'm like, okay, I, I can play here what feels true to me, what like is comfortable in my body, what stylistically do I like? And so allowing myself to do something that doesn't necessarily have an automatic right or wrong and to navigate that gray space myself to see like what I actually enjoy. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, even you having, you saying the word play in there, it's just because play is so powerful. And as adults, as we get older, I think it's something we just do less and less of. And um, yeah, it's just such a great way to explore and discover. And I love that you're making time for that. And no, that's, that's fun to hear. And because there are like, you know, even I'm a Pilates instructor and there's like, you know, you're taught different specific ways of doing things and each... Uh, the different styles of Pilates have different rules. And, you know, I, I've been trying to just kind of, you know, you have that as your foundation, but you can kind of play with it in some ways too. So I think that's really, that's neat to hear you talk about in terms of dance. Very cool. Anything else that you're, I know you said so much, so I'm curious what else you've been learning and discovering for yourself. I feel like the dance example actually gave like a good snapshot, but Yeah, I've just been learning to work less, um, learning to receive help, learning how to, I'm probably going to bring on a part-time team member, learning like what it looks like to hire someone. So there's just, there's so much learning. Um, I'm also learning how to celebrate um, and what that, like the different stages of celebrating, like um, 
my husband and I, we were having a conversation the other day of like all of these really technical things about what, what we're going to do and things related to our life. And then we just sat down and we realized, the fact that we're having this conversation is so cool. Mm-hmm. And we just took a moment to like hold hands and to just be like, man, we are really thankful that even though there's a lot to think about and a lot of logistics, that this is, these are decisions that we get to make that not everyone gets to make. Um, so learning how to pause and be like, yes, there's a lot of work to be done around this, but man, mm-hmm. how cool that I get to do that work. Oh, I love that. That's such a beautiful like image in my head of the two of you just like holding hands and being able to pause and recognize that moment because I think that's so important. And, you know, that's, you know, one of the questions I maybe wanted to ask was like, how do you, how do you keep your cup full? Because I know being an entrepreneur can be challenging. And, and I guess also, I think, you know, maybe it's just stereotypically that it can feel kind of lonely. Like, how do you foster a support network or a network um, to help you stay connected, you know, to your business, to the values of your business and to stay connected to yourself? That's a great question. Some, and whenever I am grateful and like take the time to be, um, to practice gratitude, a lot of it is for the people in my life. Like mm. my husband started dating in high school. Um, and so we've, grown up together like our entire adulthood we were long distance a lot through college and early adulthood but like we've got to gotten to see each other come into our own and continue to do that so he's a huge piece of support for me because mm. he's not afraid to call me out on stuff but he's also so good at making me pause and celebrate he's also not afraid to like steal my laptop or my phone and be like <laughs> go do something else because you're this is not what you need to be doing right now. Um, So I feel really grateful to have that in my life. And when I look at the other friendships and relationships, man, like where some, some of them, I just feel like I feel literally lucky. Like two of my closest friends um, don't run businesses or anything. We met in my fourth, my first corporate job out of college and our careers and lives have all gone really different places, but our our group chat, we always joke, it's very like um, Leslie and Anne from Parks and Rec, and we're just like constantly <laughs> like um, just pumping each other up. I like one it. of my friends is studying GMAT right now, and we're just like getting, always pumping her up when she doesn't feel like studying or, yeah. So, <laughs> I love it. Um, I've just kind of picked people up. And I guess the overall theme, some of them I met on social media, some have been like friends of friends, some have come through events or um, groups or associations that I'm a part of, but the friendships that feel like closest and are those people who I feel like I could go to with the good and the bad Mm. um, have been built through vulnerability, which is super, super hard for me. I don't Mm. like to do that. My tendency even though I've been able to cultivate the ability to show like the the less than ideal parts of me, it's not something that comes naturally to me. And so to have friends where you can kind of test the waters and be a little bit vulnerable and then to have that be received um, is how you build a support system that will be there with you when you have a year like this one where there's a pandemic mm. and where's a black woman, it's super yeah. freaking hard. 
Um, and if I hadn't kind of invested that vulnerability before, I wouldn't be able to reap the rewards now. Yeah. Oh, that's just, yeah, that's really beautiful to hear you talk about because it's like having done that work and been able to allow yourself to be vulnerable. Cause I hear you. I, I struggle with that as well. You know, that's something I wanted to ask you about because I, I know with the, sh- I mean, with the share the mic piece, I'm just kind of curious how that affected you personally. And I guess I'm always just curious of what someone's experience was. Um, and did that affect you and your business um, with that, with the, sh- with the share of the mic experience? And was that something that was positive or was it something that was maybe not so positive? Would, would you be open to sharing a little bit about that? Yes, I, I would. And I really appreciate that check-in too. Um, a lot of mixed feelings around share the mic. So, Overall, like I cannot deny that it was incredibly helpful for me personally, um, like as a personal brand rather, and also for inner workout to have all of these big platforms um, be willing to share their platform with me. Um, The reason why I say mixed feelings Mm. is now that I'm looking back at it, Like there were some brands that like wanted to share me or wanted to share inner workout and really were like so rushed about it that I was ending up like having to process what was going on in the world, trying to run my business and then also having to do this extra prep work for them. Mm. Um, And I know that their intention was probably like, this is, Amplify Melanated Voices is only supposed to happen for this long, so we want to get these things quickly. But in reality, it was it ended up feeling a little oppressive at times. So that was kind of the bad of it, and that was my bad for not being willing to push back and to say no, or I need a couple more days. Uh, yeah. um, that was me kind of operating from like, I don't know if this is going to happen again, so I have to just do all these things. Um, <sighs> and it's probably a lot of like, there's a lot of internalized structures and systems in that way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also there are some really beautiful partnerships that have come out of it from brands mm-hmm. who um, are so willing to practice what they preach. I think of um, Bando, there was some stuff that happened with their founder and they got called in. And when they reached out to me, my original thought was kind of like, I don't know. Hmm. I'm reading some of these things, but you know what? I will talk to them. And they were so willing to have a conversation and to own where they made mistakes and to be really clear about what their path forward looked like and also to compensate me for my time. Um, That was really great. Hmm. Um, Universal Standard like posted in our workout on their feed and left our link in their bio for like a week. So there are some brands who I, I basically just saw a lot of brands, true colors. Yeah. Um, and so it was a whirlwind. And now that I have a little bit of distance, I see where I would have acted differently um, and continue to draw lines. Cause there's still things that are coming in through my inbox all the time. And so I, I, I learned how to be more discerning in the process. Yeah. I was imagining that, I, w- I was imagining that might be your experience, and I, but you know, you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And um, I was just curious because 
there's I mean, there's so much emotions that's going on and I I can I can understand where you're coming from it's like do I need to respond now and like feeling that pressure at that moment and that's it's just that's just a lot so um yeah I'm glad to hear that there were some really that there were some good experiences with some brands that's just really refreshing because I know you you kind of can be skeptical of the things that people are putting out and so it's it is nice to hear that you had some some good experiences as well um yeah. Thanks, Taylor. I was just curious what that was like, because I know even personally, I was like telling people, I'm like, oh, check out, you know, Taylor, she's got a great, you know, self-care, you know, um, self-care business. And we all could use that right now, I think. <laughs> and so I was just curious how that was, if people were coming into your space and um, hopefully being respectful. So um, that's something I just wanted to check in with. So that was interesting to hear. Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, overall, really great. It's generally, there's just some stuff where I was like, oh, and I could have handled that differently. And now that's not something that I'll accept going for. Yeah, always learning, right? Yeah, so many, <laughs> so many learning opportunities. Well, Taylor, I really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, sit down and talk to me and share, you know, a bit about inner workout and the take care assessment and you know, just how you came to create this business and how you're continuing to grow and foster it. I love hearing, um, especially about your, like your support network and, you know, that you got, that you have these people that you've allowed yourself to be vulnerable with and how being able to practice that with them allows you to do that even more so. And I think that's just good reminders for all of us to, to see and hear. And I think for, you know, a fellow business person, I always just love seeing people showing up as their real authentic selves online and in social media. And, you know, what you see is what you get. So I, I really appreciate that about you, Taylor. So thank you so much for, for joining me on the Becoming Aligned podcast and for taking the time to talk to me today. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a good conversation. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Taylor. I always appreciate it when people give you the winding road version of their of their journey rather than the express lane version. I just love hearing all the ins and outs and kind of the different paths that they've explored. It just, it rings so much more true to me. Um, and that's something I really appreciate about Taylor. She comes across as very authentic to me. I appreciate that she's practicing and learning right there along with all the rest of us. And her podcast, B-School, is a great example of that. It was so interesting to hear her talk about the foundation of Inner Workout and the Take Care Assessment. I'll have a link to her website and Instagram if you'd like to learn more or try it, or try it for yourself. And you'll be able to find that in the resource section um, on my website, MaureenRyan.co. Finally, I love how she's been practicing vulnerability within her friendships and her relationships. You know, it was really beautiful to hear that the work she'd been doing is now paying off. And I think that's an important reminder for all of us. You know, sometimes we're making these small steps um, and working on things in our lives, and we, we might not be able to see it materialize right there in that moment, but those small steps can really add up over time and, and they can pay off in the long run. And I thought her story and how she was doing that with vulnerability was a really lovely example of that. What did you find yourself thinking about and reflecting on after listening to this episode? Please share on my website, MaureenRyan.co, or on my Instagram page, 
Maureen underscore Ryan underscore. Finally, I have a special announcement that I'll be sharing in my next podcast episode. I'm so excited to share what I've been working on and how I hope that it can be helpful to you as you navigate becoming more aligned in your own life. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Becoming Aligned. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Becoming Aligned and rate and review this podcast. I'm Maureen Ryan, and I hope you'll join us next time. Take care.